Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Uh, last weekend it was uh, we had we were one incredible rugby World Cup semi final followed by possibly the worst game of rugby of all time. Although it did get a little dramatic to it, it sucked you in. You're like, how yeah. am I still how am I still sucked into the this? The fact that it was a draw with five minutes to go meant it made up for it. Yeah, quality completely. But Jesus, Mary and Joseph, you can listen to me and Morris moan about that on the World Union podcast um, that was posted on Tuesday. If you want to get into more of that, and obviously we'll talk to Stephen about it as about well. To say yes, it's not the, the final that Stephen or many people predicted in terms of the fact that England have gotten through. It's England against South Africa. Let's chat to Stephen now and get his thoughts on it. Stephen, I suppose the qu- the first question that we have going into this uh, World Cup final is that England produced. One of the best performances we've seen in international rugby in living memory on Saturday against New Zealand. Uh, I've seen Warren Gatland in the media this week saying that, you know, sometimes a team will produce uh, a, a performance in a semi-final and it's really, that's their final performance and they don't, they aren't able to get up to those levels again in the final. Do you think that could be an issue for England or are they now in your eyes the firm favourites for this match? Yeah, I think they're the firm favourites for me anyway. Um, I'm not sure too many people would disagree with me. Um, but yeah, like I think over the last 18 months, what has uh, England been a little bit vulnerable with is maybe backing up a really good performance with another really good performance. Uh, but something just tells me that this English team are starting to get cooking now. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching it, the, the kind of documentary with the, it's called The Rising Suns, um, and it's kind of in depth. It's, yeah, it's um, in camp, yeah, yeah, really, really good, and uh, kind of gives you an idea of their pre-season, the mentality, what they've been working on, and um, you know, it seems to be like Eddie Jones has kind of put a game plan, tactics in place for like Six Nations two years ago, and then like as soon as it's over, he rips it up and he starts afresh with another idea or another set of tactics, and then as soon as that's over, he rips it up and um, all to be taken for a Rugby World Cup, so that. Everything he's tried and tested over the last two or three years with all the tactics, team meetings, scheduling, um, you know, putting the lads under pressure at certain times, giving the guys um, time off. Um, and he's kind of put his head together and come up with the right plan. And that plan at the minute seems to be working. And if anything, England seem to be getting stronger where everybody else in the competition seems to be getting weaker. So, um, or everybody else that's, that's fallen out of the competition as the tournament went on seems to have got weaker. So, uh, I can look past an, an England victory uh, after uh, the performance that South Africa gave us in the second semi-final. But um, yeah, England to me are um, really well placed at the minute, and I totally disagree with Warren Gatland and, and saying that their the, their best game was last week because um, you know they'll be obviously talking about putting in their best performance this week. It's funny, uh, you actually picked uh, England uh, with the spread last week. I'm not 100% sure if you thought that they would get over the line, but we knew England were kind of going to live with the All Blacks anyway. But to see them kind of dismantle them in the way that they did, and really, like Mark was saying there, one of the best performances you've ever seen, the scoreboard didn't reflect how much they absolutely dominated the game. Like, for you, for me, and like, you know, as a, as a back row, I'd always ask you, like, even the, the Morris was saying yesterday, like, you know, is that one of the most complete back row performances of all time between the three lads and all of the impact they had there was so much that England did that was just on a completely different level than anything we've seen definitely in this World Cup anyway and probably for a long time I think so and 
again, I kind of go back to the physical shape and condition of the guys and the, you know, the shape that they're in. Um, it just seems like night and day compared to where Ireland are. And if you look at like Sam Underhill, you look at Tom Curry, you look at Wilson coming off the bench, you look at big Billy Vinopolo, and then it's a complete contrast to, to, to what Ireland or, you know, even Scotland and, you know, teams that you would say have had traditionally really good back rows over the last couple of years. And again, it's just about peaking at the right time. And um, I just feel like physically they're on a different level from anybody else in the competition. Um, that's not just fitness, that's strength. Um, that's their... Uh, their their physical mentality that they seem to approach games with and try and um, outdo the opposition in every single asset of the game. So uh, I just think you're right when it comes to the back row. It's about laying down markers, about um, big game changing moments. You know that tackle on Jordy Barrett that Sam Underhill put in, where he, you know Jordy Barrett then spilled the ball, and um, it's just moments like that that really you know give give your teammates energy and they all feed off it um, and yeah it was it was a complete performance and, and one that I thought probably like yourself deserved a few more points on the scoreboard but I think you got to you got to take your hats off to, to the All Blacks for kind of hanging in there and um, you know if they had a finished off one or two line breaks in the, in the first half it might have been a different game but you know, for me it was just a, an absolute master class from, from, from Eddie Jones who come under a lot of criticism with Picking George Ford earlier on in the week, um, but him and Owen Farrell, the kicking game that they used, putting the ball in behind Severy Reese and, and Bridge, George Bridge, it was just um, really, really good. They didn't play any rugby in their own half and just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze the life out of New Zealand. So who's going to say they're not going to do the same to South Africa this weekend? Yeah, I think when you see players like uh, the likes of Ben Youngs and George Ford and these boys coming into the best form of their career in the latter stages of the World Cup, you definitely kind of start to scratch your head as how other countries can do that and not us. But we're not going to talk about Ireland today, Stephen. <laughs> we promised ourselves. We've sworn that we'll we won't. Take a break. We've sworn that we won't. Good, 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 good. Now, um, I did want to ask, though, as in, like, look, South Africa will have their own issues and they you know, were poor in a lot of ways on Sunday themselves. But looking at England, did you see anything that Razi Erasmus will and, and the whole staff will kind of target or look to sort of say, you know what, here's where the All Blacks had some success, there wasn't much, or here's what the All Blacks didn't do well. Like, there must be a way, there's always a crack in, an, there's always a chink in the armour somewhere, you know. Um, is there yeah. any chance that South Africa can, can exploit that? I think um, if you look at the England defence, the way they defended um, any of the New Zealand's multi-phase possession where, uh, you know, Manu Tuolangi got up on the line and shut it off or um, Henry Slade, when he came on, you know, shut the passing channels down. And something that South Africa are generally pretty good at is keeping it tight, getting around the corner and punching holes. And whether that's one or two metres out from the rock, a bit like Ireland have been doing over the last year, uh, because they do have that firepower to be able to do that. And then when they do get in behind England, then that's the time to strike. It just felt like New Zealand were trying to strike too early um, all the time. And like I think watching back and doing a bit of analysis on South Africa versus Wales, I actually that is the way to, for me to break down England is, is to punch short holes in them. But I don't think South Africa could do it. And the reason for it is because they look lazy, they look lethargic, they looked like none of the, the forwards wanted to get around the corner and get the ball. Um, and the way they're attacking, like the, the try that they scored was just off a, a bit of off-the-cuff um, brilliance by LaRue, 
changed the direction of play and ended up, uh, you know, Dan Bigger missed a one-on-one. But apart from that, apart from that one-on-one missed tackle, they offered absolutely nothing apart from kicking the leather off the ball. Now, are we going to see something similar? Um, I think with the, the South Africans, they'll kick the ball much deeper than uh, New Zealand did and try and pin this England team back a little. But for me, it would be, if I was a forward and I was in the South African dressing room, I'd be talking about uh, trying to punch holes a lot shorter and not playing in England, England's hands. And if you punch holes, you might get one or two half yards, and then before you know it, you might get a little penalty just to eke something out of, of, of your attack, and then you can build upon that. We all know the South African ball can be very, very strong, but again, it just looked lethargic at the weekend. It just it didn't seem like it had uh, much buzz about it, and if they're going to get back to uh, the way that they were, they're going to have to certainly talk about that. So, yeah, for me, keep it tight. Uh, punch the ball a lot more, but it has to come down to work rate and it has to come down to who wants it more. And um, South Africa have shown us that over recent years that they're capable of, of, of doing it. But, um, you know, no, as I say there, nothing last week said to me that they are going to do it this weekend. Yeah, you mentioned their try. Like, one of the big things for me was that that came off a penalty advantage. And, you know, they finally kind of showed what they could do when they just, you know, obviously it was missed tackle and, you know, there was, there's a, but there was that little bit of ingenuity in there that they're just not trying any other time in the game. They're waiting for it. Like, and that, that's been a, that's been, you know, a trend of the World Cup in general to kind of like play off the penalty advantage. But South Africa in particular are so conservative. You know, I, it's very hard to see how they're just going to change that around if they need to, or if they're playing from behind. Uh, to England this weekend yeah but like even though it's that penalty advantage make it like if, if you look as soon as there's an overhead shot of, of uh, Faster Clark when he picks the ball up um, LaRue comes back on the on down the short side and there's like three four three uh, big forwards just standing in the line offering absolutely nothing there's two forwards on the other side standing in the line offering absolutely nothing and this is like this is in the 22 this is prime attacking position and it just looked like alright well, you know what are we going to do where England when they get the penalty advantage they seem to go into third fourth and then bang they fire it into fifth gear yeah. and everybody kind of gets more and more and more energy where South Africa seemed seem to be the opposite South Africa for me would look like a team that would rather defend and attack which is uh, which isn't going to for me isn't going to win you a World Cup against England here one of the, uh, the best attacking team in the tournament so um, yeah like it was a little moment of genius uh, switching and switching it back but they have to give us more than that in the final um, and maybe with Cheslin Colby who has been one of the stars of the tournament maybe a little bit of magic thrown into the South African team is exactly what they need to try and get themselves going Yeah, is that what you think it was down to in terms of when you talk about the tactics even going into this weekend where they're going to try and kick it deeper the, the, kick, the kicking was a big feature obviously of the game on Sunday but not just the fact that both teams kept kicking it but the actual quality of it the standard of it was really poor and was that something that maybe you were saying it was down to laziness or just wanting to you know that they weren't too worried about going forward it was just about trying to be set up well defensively but Mark I think like the lads just don't kick the ball away because oh yeah there's nothing on and like I said it's not to you on uh, Saturday morning or Sunday morning like they're given advice and they're given uh, thoughts from Razi Erasmus. He had wanted the, the lad to play like that. We all know through the rugby championship that this African team can play some fantastic rugby. 
We've seen a little bit of it in the first game against New Zealand. But this was their tactics. This is what they were doing to try and grind out a result. Like Pollard, literally around the halfway, played two phases and then hoofed it up into the air and nothing kicked. Hopefully nothing comes of it. And then like two minutes later, do exactly the same thing again. And I don't know about you guys, it was the most, one of the most frustrating matches I've ever, I've ever watched. And, um, like, like Wales, like Wales actually could have, could have snaked it in the end if, uh, you know, Patchell had taken a, a quick snap at a drop goal maybe four or five phases before he did. Um, and we could be sitting here talking about Wales getting into a final. Uh, I actually think Wales might have given England a bit of a better match just because of the, the, the more local rivalry. But yeah, the, the, uh, Razzy Erasmus, you know, Felix Jones, who has actually been given a lot of credit over this World Cup, um, who's helping out with their attack. Like, they showed absolutely no attack at the weekend. Um, and the score points against England, you're going to have to pop something uh, something better, something more strategic than, than what they did against um, against Wales last weekend. Yeah, um, we've got Colby back, but I think that might frustrate us more than anything else when he probably doesn't see any of the ball. Uh, obviously, there is that hope for a little bit of magic from him. On that particular point, like, of, you know, that we're not going to see the full extent of, say, somebody like Colby's potential, um, even in a World Cup final. While England at least have offered their potential and showed us a kind of a their, their style of play, in general, right, as we kind of head into the last weekend of it, because, um, you know, we'll be done with it next week by the time we kind of are on the show again, has it been a disappointing World Cup for... Like, obviously, that, that game on Sunday, I think, is very, very fresh in the memory when I say this. So, excuse me if I'm too much recency bias. But has it yeah. been a really disappointing World Cup for quality levels and more, maybe more so tactics than anything else? Um, maybe. Um, I think early in the tournament, you know, the humidity and the heat had so much more to do with um, the skill level of, of some of the early games. Um, especially, you know, some of the bigger teams were were really, really struggling. Um, but I think as the tournament went on, you know, the shining light that Japan were during the tournament, um, the fluidity that they played with, um, it just kind of sort of said, wow, this is the way rugby should be played, you know, and this is, this is hopefully the way the game is going to go going forward. Um, and then, you know, a really disappointing semi-final at that, like that at the weekend kind of brings everybody back down the ground again. As if, like, you know, this is what Test Match Rope is. This is what everybody's been used to over the years with Test Match Rope. just kind of eke out that one-point win or that three-point win. Um, and I think, you know, there were some fantastic rugby players during the group stages and even in the quarterfinals. Um, but fingers crossed, people remember this tournament for some of the great rugby that was played. You know, the quarterfinal in New Zealand beating Ireland. You know, the, the way Japan came through their group and the standard of rugby that they played. Um, England, the way that they've controlled themselves over the last two weeks, um, and even go back to Uruguay beating the Fijians, and and like one of the best matches that I, I think I watched was uh, the Wales versus Fiji game. You know, the, the line breaks, the intensity, um, and as you rightly say, there people tend to quickly forget those matches and mm. kind of concentrate on the here and now. So fingers crossed, guys, that this Rugby World Cup final um, is, is one that everybody can. You know, look back on in, in the next two or three years and say, "Wow, you know, what a game of rugby! What a physical encounter! The ball was in play for long periods of time. Both teams had a real go um, instead of like 
you know, being nine nine and somebody hitting a drop goal in the last three or four <laughs> minutes to win it. I, you know, everybody wants to kind of remember this final as um, some of the other games were played earlier on in the tournament. Uh, England and Labrooks are four to nine to win it. South Africa are two to one. I imagine you're going over for England to win it, but uh, in terms of a winning margin, what are you looking at? Yeah, well, I think the handicap's four or five points. Um, and, like, I, I got it wrong last week with South Africa and Wales, um, but I didn't realise that South Africa weren't going to get off the bus until the 76th <laughs> minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot, obviously, there's everything's on the line here. And I think England are going to win. Um, I think they're going to beat the handicap of four or five points, but yeah, everybody's talking about yeah, five points. I think everybody is under the impression that England are going to run away with this. Um, but, you know, it's a World Cup final. They might get edgy. They might get a little nervy. Um, you know, a couple of referee decisions might go against them, as Jerome Gar says. A huge talking point this week leading up to the match. Um, so, yeah, I think England are going to beat the handicap. But, you know, I think, you know, between five and nine points, uh, victory for England would be where I'd be pitching that. Yeah, six to ten point win for England is four to one on Labrooks, so that's definitely good value there, uh, Stephen. Hopefully, it uh, lives up to as you as you were to all your hopes, as you mentioned there, that it actually ends up being a brilliant final. And we remember this World Cup for, um, although we all hoped Ireland would go further into it, that uh, at least this England team have actually uh, given us something to get excited about because that was a brilliant performance last Absolutely. weekend. And if we can Absolutely. get the same kind of game this weekend, it should be great. No, oh, it should be awesome. I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know everybody's talking about this third, fourth, fifth playoff as a bit of a, you know, a no game in, in certain ways. But I'm actually looking forward to seeing that as well. And um, you know, the Kiwis are massive, massive favourites, um, and I think they'll be pressing the team up. There might be a few changes, all right, in that. And then obviously the final, the big showdown um, Saturday morning. Um, I'll be working on that. So uh, buzzing for it, absolutely buzzing for it, and. Uh, you know, as an Irish man, you know, you, you always kind of have a bit of, um, you don't want to see England do that well. And, you know, obviously they're massive rivals and all the rest of it. But I think deservedly, England probably deserve to win this World Cup and what they've shown in the competition so far. But it's all on the day, lads. I've, I've been there myself. I've been there in big games and whoever pitches up wins the match. So uh, best of luck to both teams and may the best team win. Cheers, Stephen. Cheers, boys. Thanks a million. Great stuff there from Stephen. We should mention that Labrooks have got a super price boost on both the Rugby World Cup bronze final on Friday and, of course, the final on Saturday morning. <sighs> Stephen just mentioned there in the last thing, two things I wanted to talk about briefly, right? And I need your help with one of them in particular, right? Yeah. So people who would have listened to World and Union yesterday with myself and Morris will have heard the, the moral quandary and dilemma that I am in at the moment where my instinct, every fibre of my being is telling me that given the games I've watched in this World Cup, I want England to win this match. I, I literally caught myself. <laughs> Stephen mentioned it at the end and when I was asking the last question there, I was like, well, you know, it's been disappointing for Ireland, but at least England have given us. And then I almost had the words to cheer about and I had to pull myself <laughs> back. And I was like, what I meant was that the, this, like that performance, you could not but sit back and admire them on Saturday yeah. like this is man- mental now I don't want to make this sound like any kind of like anti-English madness or like you know some sort of weird kind of post-colonial republicanism or anything like that it's nothing to do with that I'm talking about it as a sports fan something yeah. I find very near and dear to my heart alright I don't want a Manchester United fan saying I hope City win the league 
I don't, I, I, I don't need the hatred and the vitriol. If they win it, I'll applaud them and say, well done. But you, don't, you can never want them to do it. You have to have a little bit of tribalism in it. And if you're an Irish sports fan, in this case rugby, if you're an Irish rugby fan, the team you never want to see win has to be England because they're the big brothers. They're the team that are always going to have more resources and they're yeah. always going to be the big win for us and so on and so forth. So I find it very, very difficult to ever want them to do anything. However... The rugby has persuaded me in this thing that I th- in in this tournament that I think I'd prefer to see them do it than South Africa, who have literally bored the arse of us. Even when Japan, there was a point in the quarterfinal where I think it was only six three or something like that, five three it was to South Africa, and Japan were playing such scintillating rugby. I was like, this is the best game I've ever seen. And what did South Africa do? They choked the life out of it and ended up winning the well. But they didn't do it because they answered with good rugby. They just literally took the life out of the game. And the last fifty minutes that game weren't worth watching it was yeah. awful and it was a terrible game on Sunday so why would I want them to win but then Morris also pointed out well, what about when I turn on Sky Sports News straight after it or when I read the Sunday Times yeah. or something like you know there is that there is that post England victory Eddie Jones Load for, but like, I, I like if, Eddie Jones. I, I say, Eddie Jones, though, if you'd love him to be your head coach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just he's that he's that kind of perfect wrestling style. He you're no help at all. You're not giving me an answer no, here. You're just, I don't have an answer because I'm caught, I'm caught the exact same thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like for the good of rugby, England should win this match. Yes, and is that greater than just the good of us going? Ha, England lost. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's hard to overtake it. Like I got, I got all. In my... two thousand and seven, I very, very much wanted South Africa to win that tournament because that was a yeah. poor England team, and it wasn't an amazing. It was a terrible tournament. It was it wasn't a great South Africa team either. But England had like it was a ridiculous that that team was in the World Cup final. It was only because France couldn't pull their pants up in the semi final against them, like you know. But this time they deserve it. This time they're the best team in the world, and they showed that last week. And I think in, in 2003, I almost had the opposite. And when I was cheering for, South Af- or for Australia all the way through, and then when they won, I was like, fair play to them. This is a likable bunch of guys. I've changed my mind on that now a few years later. But <laughs> this is a likable English team. Yeah. You look at players like the Vinopolas, maybe. You know, you can take different parts of their history and decide whether you like them or not. But definitely a Toji, yeah, I think. Yeah, Hill, if he was, again... He's all the hallmarks of a classic Irish, Irish back row with it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It could have been a Welsh second row. Uh, but look, if he was Cur- Curry and Underhill, the young lads and the, you know, you've got Owen Farrell. I talked to Morris about him. He's the classic example because you see Owen Farrell and you automatically think of him as this kind of hate figure, you know? But then you listen to him do his interview afterwards and he's in this kind of like thick wigging accent not exactly what you'd expect from a English rugby international you go ah he's kind of sound yeah. like isn't he make, make, we're going to have to stop we're going to do much okay. I have another, I, I, we'll be putting on England jerseys in a minute we won't be the other thing that I wanted to talk about then and actually you alluded to it there the bronze medal final yeah, or whatever it's final. called <laughs> I don't know when that became a thing and not turning four press better for rugby loved that kind of thing have you ever heard like Stephen actually said he was looking forward to their baby thing twice but at the same time I think this might be the worst Worst fixture in world sport. Hanging around for an extra week for no reason other than to play this game. Uh, after really, after yeah. your heart has been broken. And yeah. if you look at the two specific teams Lads, this week in Wales and New Zealand. Bo- on both teams, coaches and players waiting to retire. Yeah. And they have to hang around to do this. Yeah. Then maybe it'd be nice to give them a send off. Ga- Wales have never beaten New Zealand, so like, they will be up the old Gatlin and what one. Gatlin's it. never beaten them. Yeah. yeah. So. But, but, like, 
it's rugby though. Like that's what you can you can get yourself you can get yourself if you hang around in the football World Cup for the extra three or four days and you kind of say, oh look, there's loads of reasons it'll be a goodbye to our legendary player who's retiring and their coach can say goodbye and all. You can get it. You can kind of half arse the game of football. You know, nobody cares about yeah. it, but it might end up. You know that pretty f- match doing the analysis. <laughs> <laughs> it might end up in four three, and there's a bit of crack in it. You know, and you know people will get into it. Nobody cares about this match. Nobody wants to watch it. And the players definitely don't want to be there. And it's very hard to go out for 80 minutes and tackle your arse off and jump headfirst into rooks. I don't get it. I don't see what the point of it Look is. Look, Mick, it is all the hallmarks of a friendly, but given that it's on the 1st of November, we all know there are no friendlies against New Zealand in November. So uh, this is a really important game. And if Wales do win it, it'll be a massive deal for Warren Gatlin. It'll, it'll be documentaries made about it. Well, you know what? Gatlin beating New Zealand, the only thing he hasn't done as Welsh coach, except for win the World Cup, uh, might be a good way to end it yeah but look at whatever about it I hope the final surpasses expectation and we get a great game on Saturday 